Hello and welcome to the Royal Central podcast from royalcentral.co.uk. I'm Lydia Starbuck, the Associate Editor. I'm Brittany Barger, the Deputy Editor. And I'm Jess Isles, the Senior Royal Reporter and Editorial Assistant. And it's very nice to be back with you. This is our first podcast for a little while, but uh, we're hoping to make a habit of again as we move into the autumn and as we move into more normal times for royalty. It's been a strange time for all of us, for royal families included. Things have been a bit quiet, but they seem to be getting a bit busier now. So we're going to be reflecting on that in our latest podcast. A little bit later on, we'll be having a chat um, about some surprising news from the Netherlands this week, where the Prime Minister has got involved in a debate that was generated by a book that questioned whether a future monarch could still take the throne if they married someone of the same sex. And we're also going to be having a look at the story of Princess Charlene, which has been a big talking point for Europe's royals over the last few months. But we're going to start a bit closer to home, for me anyway, here in the UK. Um, (laughs) In a few weeks' time, the UK plays host to COP26, the Environmental Summit. There'll be a big focus on all things environmental. But in the run-up to that, we've had some members of the British royal family making what might be described as some rather controversial comments. And it's led to that favourite debate of whether royalty should get involved in politics. So that's where we're starting this week. The Queen, the Prince of Wales and the Duke of Cambridge have all had their say on environmental matters this week. And perhaps most interesting was the Queen being accidentally caught on microphone saying politicians talk but don't do anything. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't really think that Prince Charles or um, Prince William saying anything was all that surprising. They're not you know, the monarch. Um, but the queen getting caught and I mean, the cameras were there. So she knew that she was being filmed. So she knew what she was doing. Um, and it's kind of funny that she was talking about the people that, you know, weren't coming to COP26, as you were saying. Um, and one of them was the Australian prime minister. And the following day, all of a sudden, he's suddenly coming. So it seems like she may have done a little bit of good. <laughs> Don't doubt her powers. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, that famous soft diplomacy. So, yeah, she was she was uh, caught saying it was irritating that they knew some people were coming, but some people weren't. And it kind of it kind of tied in with the comment that Charles had made a few days earlier in an interview with the BBC, where he said politicians, yeah, they talk, but they don't do anything. There seems to be this sudden focus on, you know, people talking, but not following it up with actions, which kind of veered into political waters, really. It did. um, But I mean, at the same time, we have been in this like stalemate, at least here in the United States, for so long of people just talking. They're doing nothing. They're arguing back and forth. We're getting nowhere. And I'm not sure how it is there in the UK or in Canada, but maybe they think if they finally say something, things may change. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Oftentimes it's like you need a kick in the pants to get anything done. I mean, here in Canada, we had we've had the like residential schools and all of the indigenous children and the graves that we've been finding. And like we've known about this for first decades and centuries, but it really only came to a head this summer where we enacted these laws and these holidays to recognize them. So it took a push to get the government to act on that. And I think that's what we're, we're seeing Charles and Camilla, uh, Charles and the Queen and William doing by calling out the politicians and calling out the billionaires who are 
going to space to visit. Um, because it's important to act on this stuff, like William was saying, and sometimes you just need that motivator to, to actually sit down and do it. It's not enough to just be like, oh, yes, we'll do it. OK, well, show me that you're going to do it. And if I have to call you out and risk being caught on a hot mic, then I'll do it. Right. But, you know, everything is so divided right now that maybe they think that by their words, because they are so influential, that maybe they can be a unifying force, even if the words are deemed a little controversial because they're going into the political realm. Mm -hmm. We, like I said, at least here in the U.S., I'm sure it's the same all across the globe. Everything, everyone is so divided over everything. You know, the pandemic has not helped matters. So maybe this is just their way of trying to get people like, wake up. Can we just unify, get things done? Yeah, because yeah, there is an argument as well, isn't there, that the environment isn't really a political issue anymore. When um, the Duke of Edinburgh first started talking about it right at the beginning of the Queen's reign, almost 70 years ago, it was because his views, his opinions, a lot of people share them now. But at the time, they were seen as controversial, maybe a little bit cranky, unproven. And there is that argument that actually, if you talk about climate change, if you talk about protecting the planet, if you talk about doing things to ensure that we're not polluting the seas or the air or the earth around us, that's not a political statement. It's a social statement. And you, you would expect the royal family or any royal family to make a social statement. It's the politics that they often stay away from. For sure. And I think we see the same thing with Prince Charles, where. 30, 40 years ago, people dismissed him as a little kooky for talking about green and, and running his cars on wine and cheese and stuff like that. But now he's considered an expert in the field and he's sort of the elder statesman of green policies where now all of a sudden we're listening to him and and taking what he says into account with more gravit gravitas and more weight than we probably would have even even 15 years ago. And I suppose the royals can say, you know, we're walking the walk as well as talking the talks. As you mentioned, Charles has been outlining again this car that runs on cheese and wine, which sounds like a good day out <laughs> to me. But also all the biomass fueled <laughs> boilers and, and all of the stuff that he's been doing at his homes. But then we've also got happening right now Prince William's Earthshot Prize, which has been a major project through 2021, even in kind of lockdowns and when life was on hold. And it's all coming to fruition now. We're about to find out the five projects that are getting a million pounds to help tackle environmental issues. So there is action there, isn't there? I, I, it's If you're going to make a controversial statement and say, right, do things, don't just talk about it. They are doing things. For mm -hmm. sure. And I think a good example of that is how he called out Jeff Bezos, the Amazon, the owner of Amazon for going into space, just to, to say that he can go into space and throw his money around. And as of today, his Earth Fund or whatever it's called is a global alliance partner with the Earthshot Prize. That wasn't the case like a week ago. So William making that statement led to action. And now we have Jeff Bezos and his money. However, it's probably penny, pennies to him and his overall wealth. But he is helping out now because William called him out so publicly and those comments went so widespread. Yeah, I mean, they were even covered here in the United States, you know, and we um, William and Kate and, and the Queen and stuff are covered here, but just small comments they make are not always 
caught, but that yes. that made the news. Yeah. Yeah, even William Shatner got involved, didn't he? Prince William <laughs> was taken on by William Shatner because he'd just been into space. <laughs> yes, 90 years old. Flying around the earth, as you do, at the oh, age of know. 90. <laughs> but it will be interesting to see how it plays out because um, the Queen and Charles and Camilla and William and Kate and other royals are going to be up at COP26 in Glasgow, which starts very, very soon, where we've got so many world leaders converging um, in Scotland to talk about the environment. So it kind of makes that slightly more interesting, doesn't it? You know, we expected the royals to go along because this is a big event for the UK. And of course, they're there and they're going to be welcoming people. But now we've had these three sets of comments in such a short period of time. It's really focused attention, hasn't it? Everyone's kind of like waiting for someone to heckle from the front row as the speeches start. <laughs> I mean, I personally didn't know who was attending COP26. And I, I have to admit that I didn't really care. I just figured it would be the usual heads of state but ever since the queen called them out now i'm just constantly checking twitter like who else is going who else is going <laughs> who's she going to call out next if she doesn't like what she sees on the guest list yeah the power could, of the queen yeah it could, it could be really really interesting so it all kicks off in just a few weeks time and the main talks are around at the beginning of November will cover them all on rawcentral.co.uk and of course any and all controversial comments which we hear between <laughs> then and now they'll all be on the site as well but one story that has brought a lot of attention over the summer we featured it a lot on the site and um, it's got a lot of hits a lot of interest is the ongoing story of Princess Charlene who's been in Africa for a number of months now it's October 2021 and at some point over the summer we were told that the princess would be returning to Monaco this month but we still don't know her story is kind of captivating everyone because there's so much unknown about it do we think Charlene will be back in Monaco this month after her extended stay in Africa considering her return has been imminent since the summer I'm not holding my breath it's one of those things I'll we believe it when she lands in Monaco but I mean it's just been one thing after another that she has had to stay in South Africa. She's been there since around April, I mm-hmm. believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and she ch- just a couple of days ago, she gave an interv- another interview in South Africa. And she was talking about how she had had her final, sur- you know, what we're told is her final surgery. Um, mm-hmm. And that she could not wait to get back to Monaco to see her kids, Jacques and um, Gabriella. But she never mentioned Albert. Um, what, those pictures I don't convince you, Brittany? <laughs> well, I, the one where it looked like a f- completely forced hug? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, that one. No, no, definitely did not convince me in any way, shape, or fashion. Um, it's just, it's 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 interesting. And, it, and I think we have discussed in the past, you know, Prince Albert going to people magazine you know and saying oh no she didn't leave in a huff da, da, da. all of a sudden they're they're protesting this and trying to make a point of no 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 she's coming back and she said in august that she hoped to be back in in october i mean it's october 16th as we are um recording this uh, still have not gotten any word that she's coming back or going back to monaco um and granted you know, a lot of this, a lot of these rumors um, and stories could have been avoided in Monaco if the Princely Palace would just communicate with the press. They are absolutely horrible 
about communication. They do not let things be known. They basically just communicate with People Magazine and Paris Match. And I've spoken to other royal reporters. You know, this conversation has, you know, been discussed before. They don't communicate, so that's how rumors get started. And so even if, uh, let's say it is true that she is planning on coming back, there is no marital issues. They were so far behind the game because the stories got out of hand before they ever even tried to stop them. I mean, they said nothing about when she first went to South Africa. No one even really knew she was going to South Africa. I mean, they, they don't. They don't keep the press updated. If you email them, you get no response. I mean, a lot of this would have been avoided if the Princely Palace had been open. Because it was basically like royal watchers putting the story together, wasn't it? Like she's still in South Africa months after what was supposed to be, what was a week or a couple of days with the rhinos, Mm. the rhino charity. And then it just, yeah, it spitballed and they did themselves no favors by not coming out of the gate and they let it fester all summer. And now, yeah, now we don't even b- believe she's going to come back to Monaco at this point or. Yeah, I mean, they didn't even tell us <laughs> from the initial moment that she was sick in South Africa. That came, what, months and months later? Yeah, it, it was a good few weeks, wasn't it? Because she, like as you said, it's like, was it April she went? And that's the problem. It's also opaque because we know it was kind of springtime. We know that she went out there. But like you were saying, we've had to glue it all together from fragments. And by the middle of the summer, we had this kind of narrative, didn't we, established that she'd gone out there. She'd experienced ENT problems while she was there because of a previous operation. And that's all being put right. But like you say... <laughs> We don't really know very much more than that. No. Yeah. So, you know, may- maybe the Princely Palace will learn something from this. Maybe not. Um, but their determination to not discuss anything with the press, not respond to messages, has led them into this situation. You can't just co- communicate with People Magazine and Paris Match and expect rumors not to get started i mean that may be a sad reality but it's the reality yes and yeah charlene's social media is just whenever i see a new post it's just like you're hiding something and i hate that i think that but they've given me no cause to assume anything else other than why are you posting this what's the what are you trying to hide what are you what are you trying to sell us kind of thing and of course, things have changed as the story's gone on, because when this first began, it's we've all lived through such extraordinary times, we kind of forget the timescale of it, don't we? If we go back mm-hmm. to kind of April, May, there was still a lot of restriction within Europe about getting in and getting out. There were problems, you know, she was she was stranded in South Africa. She couldn't fly because if she goes above a certain altitude, it's going to damage her eardrums. It's also going to be extremely painful, cause further problems. And then people say, well, why doesn't she drive back through Africa? Why doesn't she get on a boat and sell? But of course, with coronavirus, with the pandemic there were restrictions on that we're now mm-hmm. fortunately at this stage in a world where those restrictions are disappearing travel is a bit easier everywhere and we hope that's the way it's going to continue um but she's still she's still where she is and as you said we've kind of got to october when we were told she would be back and we've got no communication about when it's going to happen or even if you turned around and said do you know what it's probably going to be another six weeks she's really poorly we've got to be careful 
even that would be <laughs> even that news if she needed to be there through November or whatever. It's better than all this speculation that we're doing that the world is doing and yeah. And Albert can call up People Magazine all he wants, but they bungled this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it has. It's it's been a really interesting story because, of course, she was trapped in South Africa. Was she trapped? Is she choosing to say, you know, all of that? She was in South Africa, unable to come back at the time of her 10th wedding anniversary, which, of course, caused all kinds of chat and chatter and she's been apart from her kids for a long time and we know she absolutely adores her children and they adore mm -hmm. her and it must be extremely difficult for all of them you know all of this aside she's not with her little boy and little girl and they're not with their mommy and that must be extremely hard for all of them for sure for sure oh definitely I mean you know they I, I want to say they started a new school this year you know she wanted to be there yeah. To see him start school. Um, yeah. Gabriella broke broke her leg at one point. I mean, we all know what it's like to be a little kid when you get hurt or you get sick. The first person you want is your mom. Yeah. So you know, she, yeah, and I'm sure that broke Charlene's heart into a million little pieces that she couldn't be there. Um, because we, uh, from all accounts that we can see on her posts, on videos, appearances, she is a very devoted mother. She loves Definitely. and adores Definitely. those kids. Um, so I know that she, I mean, she's a hundred percent telling us the truth and saying, you know, she cannot wait to get back to her kids. I'm sure she wishes they could have been down there with her in South Africa this entire time. Yeah, absolutely. So we wait to see when she will return to Monaco and of course you'll find the latest news on that on rawcentral.co.uk but we've had a kind of intriguing and unexpected story crop up amongst Europe's royals over the last few days. Um, Princess Katharina Amalia of the Netherlands will be 18 in December which is enough to make this person here feel very old because <laughs> I remember when Katharina Amalia was born I don't just remember when she was born I was working on a bulletin's desk and I can remember writing the copy to say that the future monarch of the Netherlands had been born and given it to a newsreader to read out and now she's about to become a grown-up um, but all of that aside as part of the celebrations planned for her coming of age there's a book out and in the book it was asked whether she could become queen were she to marry another woman. And such was the debate generated by this. The Dutch Prime Minister, Mark Rutte, I think that's how you say his name. Apologies <laughs> if it's not. Um, he uh, put out a statement this week um, saying, yes, of course she can. Same-sex marriage has been legal in the Netherlands for 20 years. He said there would be no issue in a future monocle heir marrying someone of the same sex. He was asked about whether that meant there would be issues around producing an heir. And he said, well, family law changes. So just take each situation as it comes. And that kind of, well, it led me to ask the question on the site, do all of Europe's monarchies need to do the same thing? I think they do. You know, most monarchies in Europe are in countries where same-sex marriage is on the statute books. It's legal for people to marry someone of the same gender. And it would seem really strange to me that the only person that wasn't allowed to do that would be the person in whose names laws are enacted. That's my opinion. I think if it's legal in the country, it should also be legal for them. For sure. Yeah. Um, and, and it makes sense that the Netherlands is the first country to come out and say this because they have always been 
very progressive, I guess, more, I don't know if more liberal is that way. I mean, Amsterdam, we, we all know <laughs> the Netherlands it has, it is the Netherlands. So it's not surprising that they're the first to come up with that. You know, I can see the Scandinavian countries probably being the next set to, to say that because they're more of the open-minded um the other countries, yeah. you know, and now I don't know if same-sex marriage is allowed in Spain because it's it such is. a strict, No, it it is. Is. same-sex marriage is legal in Spain. But as you, you say, you raise an interesting point because it's to do with society's attitudes as well, isn't it? I mean, here in the UK, in England, the Church of England doesn't allow same-sex marriage, but you, you can have same-sex marriage um, under civil law and the Church of Scotland allows it. But then the monarch here is the supreme head of the Church of England. So you kind of move into a different territory, don't you? Because you would expect the monarch or the heir to marry within the Church of England. If they wanted to marry someone of the same sex, they couldn't. They could marry under civil law at the moment. So can, you know, can all of those strings be pulled together to make something sensible? Right. Would, would their spouse get a title if it was a civil marriage in the UK? Yeah, they'd still be legally married. I mean, Charles and Camilla are married under civil law. They're not married right. in the Church of England. Their marriage is a civil marriage, which was blessed immediately afterwards. So I can't see that it would be um, an obstacle, though I would be intrigued to know what the title would be. Because, again, that, that's kind of what yeah. why you think maybe some kind of, you know, announcements are needed from everybody. Because actually, if a king marries another man, what title do you give? his husband if a queen marries another woman what title do you give her wife would you have a situation where a queen regnant could be married to a queen consort because that's the name that is given to a woman who marries a monarch but a king consort couldn't happen because the title doesn't exist right yeah i think things would definitely have to all across the board are going to have to be reevaluated for that but based off religious views title i mean there's a lot a lot to delve into with that but as you said you know the netherlands are the is the only country that has given the go-ahead and there's several monarchies throughout europe so until they do give the go-ahead they're they're not going to be there's nothing going to be changing there um now the uk only approved same-sex marriage several not not too too long ago correct 2015 okay so so it was around the same time as the united states so i would in my head i would think the uk may be one of the later countries that would approve that because the netherlands had 20 years of it being legal whereas the uk right now has had six (laughs) years so um I, i don't see the uk going into making that that type of a statement right now well, it's only been what ten years that a like a daughter can not be displaced by the birth of any brothers. So yeah, exactly. Britain's, Britain's got a way to go. <laughs> yeah, and hey, there's countries in Europe that still, you know, don't have that. I mean, look at Spain. Leonor could easily be ousted as you know, Princess of Asturias if they yeah. were to have a son. I mean, there. Liechtenstein doesn't even allow females to be in the line of succession. So there's Monaco obviously doesn't allows um, doesn't allow women to reign over their brothers, even if they're older, because otherwise Gabriella would be the hereditary princess. So, so those things also need to change. There's a lot. There's several things that need to be. Yeah. I would like the altered. title system to be kind of 
like explored and just like even in general say George mm -hmm. has a daughter is she, would she be able to be princess of Wales in her own right if she was right. the heir to the throne that's, that's something we need yeah. to explore um, and it would be nice to live in a world where Beatrice could be Duchess of York in her own right when her father passes away instead of that title going back to the the crown mm -hmm. because he doesn't have a male heir so I, I just think like if we're gonna if we're looking at making it legal so that Katharina Amalia can marry a woman and have a queen then we should look at titles across the board like let's mm -hmm. let women inherit titles in their own right let's let them inherit them from their fathers if there are no sons or even if there are sons if they're the oldest let her inherit the title or let a future female queen in the UK be the princess of Wales in her own right let her be the duchess of Cornwall in her own right yeah absolutely and I, I think there's an argument to be made as well I mean I, I get slightly um, anxious when people say well a queen regnant can't possibly have a husband who is a king because a king outranks a queen and that you kind of want to say when did we revert to the middle ages you know for me the op the the you know the king is the name that you give to a man doing the job queen's the name that you give to a woman so if a king can have a queen consort why can't a queen regnant have a king consort i don't think crown princess victoria when she takes the throne in sweden is going to be any less powerful if her husband is called king daniel we all know who mm -hmm. is the monarch and who is the consort so it just seems seems sure. almost patronizing to say well a queen can't be married to a king because otherwise the king might be more important not in the 21st century no maybe right. in medieval times or you know early tudor when mary tudor was king uh, was queen and they were saying oh well her husband can't be called a king yeah that, that's 600 years ago and you know <laughs> things have changed had, in 600 years other issues too you know <laughs> it didn't change in time for heinrich but <laughs> it could yeah. change <laughs> i always thought henrik had a point in denmark you know i mean he's not asking to be in charge it's just the title that goes with it it just seems it just seems really patronizing to me to say a woman would lose all her power as queen regnant if you dare to call her husband king we can't even right. call kate duchess of cambridge we still call her kate middleton 10 years later are we really that concerned about king <laughs> i know that's it. And it's, it's, I suppose it's one of those issues that ends up being put on the back burner a bit, doesn't it? Because at the moment, yeah. all of the successions across Europe are secure, secure. So here in the UK, we know that we've got two kings or three kings in line. So, you know, yeah, talking about what you would call a female regnant's husband isn't really an issue anymore mm -hmm. and won't be for probably another hundred years. So it, I suppose that's the thing about royalty, isn't it? It's, it's, it's meant to be a long lasting institution. And although we're talking about it now, it might be our grandchildren who find out the answer mm -hmm. yeah Definitely. I hope that that's made you two feel as old as me <laughs> well when I started world watching all of these kids were toddlers and now they're turning 16 17 18 so I'm feeling that yeah. tall age as well <laughs> yeah yeah they well do. I mean the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge did not have children they were not even married they had just gotten engaged when I kind of started this whole thing. So, you know, yeah. and all of feeling... Victoria's little bridesmaids and um, the little boys, they were all just little toddlers and now they're all teenagers. I know. Mm -hmm. They are. They are. I know. Little, little Christian in Denmark, who I remember as that funny looking little baby <laughs> that cried all the way through his christening, 16 years old and about nine feet taller than me. 
and landlords mm -hmm. and whales all by yourself. I know. It is. No, well, she's with Alexia, so technically Alexia. she has. <laughs> yeah, she Princess College. become BFFs at their college. <laughs> I know. It all changes, doesn't it? it yes, it, it all goes round. It all goes round in circles. And no doubt we'll talk about this issue again in the future because it's an ever-evolving picture. And there's lots more about that, lots more about everything happening in the world of royalty on the site, royalcentral.co.uk, and on our social media. You'll find us on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram, royal.central. And we will have another podcast for you very, very soon. Now we're back in the habit of it. <laughs> um, but for now, we'll say thank you for listening and goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye.